it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 659 for November 7th, 2020. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchatz, back with Programming by Stealth, 105 of X. How are you doing today, Bart? I am doing just fine. It's, uh, I was going to say it was a lovely day until I got rained on while cycling, but it was a lovely morning. So, <laughs> Would you believe it rained and hailed at my house? Hail? Hail. Wow. Honest gosh, hail. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just a couple minutes, but it was uh, it was pretty freaky. Like thunder with that as well, or just, just hail? Mm, no, we don't actually get lightning, so not much thunder, but we did get to see some awesome lightning in Utah. That was uh, that was really fun. Yeah, judging by your photographs, you had, you had a fun time, and well, such good lens fodder. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's kick into uh, what are we going to learn this week? Okay, so last time we, you know, we got pretty good at capturing a history of changes, right? We created an empty repository, we put some files into it, we took, uh, we created a commit, we edited some files, we created another commit, then we did two edits at once and we split it apart and we committed the first file as one commit and the second file as another commit. And then we made two edits to the one file and we managed to pick out the hunk that we wanted and we committed those separately. So we've built up a nice little history of changes. And they're all safely saved. But we have no idea how to actually go back. Right? We've made this history of time. But we haven't actually looked at how to travel through time. So uh, today is basically seeing the past with Git, is what I've subtitled the show. So today (laughs) it's all about looking back. Now, today we're going to look but not touch, because changing the past is an order of magnitude more complicated than just having a look. And if films like Back to the Future have taught us anything, changing the past can be very dangerous. So before we go... (laughs) Messing with the timeline, um, which is kind of a very good analogy to keep in your mind, by the way, when we get to next week's installment. Um, Before we do that, let's get an understanding of how this all hangs together, and then our task next time will be bite-sized. Okay. So before we actually start for real, um, we need to get back to a point in time where we have a repository with some history in it. And I could make you redo all those changes, so I could give you some files and say, now commit them, and now change this, and now commit it again, and now change this, and now commit it again. But that seems like it might be a little bit of a waste of time. So what I have done is I have created a special kind of archive of the end result of the last installment's playdate, and I have saved it into the zip file for this installment as pbs105a.bundle. Ah. A bundle is an archive of a Git repository that contains the entire history of the repository in a single file, which means you can safely send it to someone by email or stick it on a Dropbox or stick it on a thumb drive. Whereas if you try to do that with a folder, sometimes like try stick a folder as an email attachment. That won't go well. Try stick a folder onto Dropbox and have it not mess it up. It Trust me, it will. So the, the bundle format was invented to collapse a Git repository into one file so you can safely share it. Is that, but, uh, sorry, is that bundle specific to Git repositories or do other types I ha- of, I mean, could you bundle anything? Um, okay, you cannot use the Git bundle command to bundle anything but a Git repository. There may be other things that use that very descriptive file extension. Okay. Okay, so it's it's different than a zip file. Then it's not compressing it or anything. I am almost certain it is using the GIF the the GIF um, algorithm. Um, you mean the the zip algorithm? Yes, I do mean the zip algorithm. I said GIF, okay. didn't I? Yes, <laughs> uh, it's certainly using some sort of compression. I mean, it may be .tar.gz under the hood, but it, it it is collapsing the entire history of your Git repository into a single file that can be safely transferred. So what we're going to do to play along is I'm going to get you to create a new folder that's going to become a new repository. And I'm going to get you to name it PBS105A. I'm going to get you to change into that folder. I'm going to get you to turn that folder into a Git repo. If needed, rename the branch from master to main. And then we're going to suck in all of the commits from last time out of the bundle file and into our newly created repository. 
So we're just going to cheat. We're just going to suck it all in from last time and pick up where we left off. So the commands to do that is first MKDA or PBS105A. Uh, I should say I say in the show notes to take the bundle file and pop it in a temporary folder and to put yourself into that temporary folder and then inside that temporary folder do all these commands. So the bundle file is in the same folder we start in, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. Okay. So if if we uh, if we unzip your uh, your zip file, mm-hmm. we have a folder called PBS one hundred and five. Yeah, change that. Has it to that. The yeah. Ada bundle. Just be there, so we just don't have there. to make a directory there. Yeah. Just just be be there when we start, and okay. then in there, mkdir PBS one hundred and five a, then cd gotcha. PBS one hundred and five a, then git init, and then our copy paste if and only if needed rename our master to main command from last time. And then the magic git space pull space dot dot slash pbs105a dot bundle. In other words, pull all of the commits out of the bundle file that's in the folder that's our parent. Dot dot is my parent folder. Okay, hang on. I am catching up uh, with all those commands. So I am just changed to main. Mm-hmm. And so now git pull. And then you said dot dot, which means go up a level. Which is where our bundle file is sitting, so just the name of the bundle. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. And then we're going to just pull that. And so now tell me again. all of its content into the repository we've just initiated. Okay, so why does it do that? So just pulling a bundle does exactly that. It pulls That is, the job of the bundle is to be pullable. Okay, all right. We will be coming back to git pull many times before the series is out. For now, this is just... This is how we can get to where we can start without too much falafel. Oh, I had falafel okay. yesterday for dinner, actually. It was lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it says star branch head, arrow fetch head. As long as when you're finished, uh, it doesn't give an error, then everything was fine. I don't think so. It looks like it says 100% done. Perfect. Seems very excited about it. So we can now use the git log command to verify that we have indeed pulled in all of our stuff from last time. And remember the minus minus no minus pager flag to stop it from putting you into less. Um, so just git space minus minus no minus pager space log will show all the commits in the current repository. And hey, look, it's all the stuff we did last week. Okay, yes. I wrote, I wrote git space log before you told me to not just say it. <laughs> that's fine I mean then you'll end up in the pager so you can use the up and down arrows right. and hit Q to get out um, you're basically in less okay uh, we also learned last time we, we briefly met the git diff command um, we didn't learn everything it could do we just learned that we could use git diff to see the changes between our working copy and the previous commit or between our staged copy and the previous commit so we learned those two things last time so and Before, the working copy again versus the staged copy. Working copy has not yet been staged. Correct. So the working copy okay. is the files you see in the finder. Then you uh-huh. stage them to get them ready mm-hmm. to be a commit. And then from staging, they go, they get fossilized into a commit. Okay. Um, and we saw the power of that last time because we were able to take a bunch of changes in the working copy and selectively stage only a few of them, commit those, and then selectively stage a different few and commit those to split our multiple changes because we're not very disciplined into very disciplined commits. Right. Making us look this more This is interesting looking at the history of what we just did and what we did last week without us having to, to recreate it here. Yeah. So you can see, and I, I'm hoping uh, my... Um, uh, my my commit messages were vaguely sensible. Um yeah. And memorable from last time. Yeah. I mean, it was certainly good enough for me to figure to remember what I had done. Mm -hmm. So before we go on to new stuff, I'm just going to do a little refresher because the stuff we have in there at the moment is exactly as it was last time, which means it's full of references to PBS 104A. And it also contains a really annoying typo I saw too late last week and decided to get selective amnesia about. So we're going to just do a little refresher of what we learned last time to fix the typo and to fix the references to PBS 105. Oh. 
So, or to 104, sorry, into 105. So if you go back to the zip file, you'll find a folder called PBS105A-V2. Mm-hmm. If you can just copy the files in there on top of the files, re- basically replace the content of the newly created repository with those two files. Just copy them over so that we have updated versions. Ah, okay. We're not going to do some fancy Git stuff to fix it. Well, no, I'm now simulating you opening all these files in your favorite text editor. Oh, oh, okay. And then we're going to have to Then we're going to have to do, do the fancy Git stuff to actually commit. Oh, right? okay. Okay. I could make you type, but it seemed like it might be a slight waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first thing we'll do is we'll remind ourselves of git diff's default behavior, because it's what you're going to use it for most is to see what has changed between what is in my working copy now and what was last committed. That's, you know, that is the most common thing you want to see. What have I changed since my last commit? And so if we just say git space minus minus no pager space diff, again, I don't want to be stuck in less, so I just use a minus minus no pager all over the place. Um, it will show everything I changed in those two files I just asked you to splat over each other. So you should notice that in the readme file, there is just the one change. It says, this is a dummy project for use in an example in installment 104 becomes this is a dummy project for use in an example in installment 105. Yay, I'm so exciting. And then in the index.html, you'll first find that um, I initially had managed Oh, no, so the first thing you'll find is the change from 104 to 105. And the second mm-hmm. the change you'll find is that through bad copying and pasting, I put a markdown link in the HTML file instead of an HTML link in the HTML file. Ah, okay. So the minus line has the, has the link to learn more on Wikipedia as square bracket, learn more on Wikipedia, close square bracket, and then inside that roundy brackets, the URL, which is good old markdown. And on the replacement line, you'll find an ahref which works an awful okay. lot better in HTML. So I've gotten I've gotten so lazy with the the tool I use going into WordPress that I can write in either language just and just it changes. And I know. Yeah, and I I have very many tools that are exactly the same, and I am so used to just writing in Markdown everywhere that it catches me out from time to time when I'm in a plain old text <laughs> editor writing actual HTML. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Like we did last time, let's turn this into two sensible commits. So first I'm going to fix the typo, because I should have done that last week. And the typo is one of two changes within the same file. So this actually gives us a chance to practice the most complicated thing we did last time, which is to choose a single edit and commit it separately to other edits in the same file. Right. And the way we do that is that we stage it with the minus minus patch flag to say we want to stage it, but only some bits of it. So we say git space add, which is short for add to staging. So git add minus minus patch index.html. I'm sure glad you didn't say, how did we do that last time, Allison? Because I was going to give you a blank stare. (laughs) You've been on holidays. I would would never do that to someone who's fresh back from holidays. That would be me. (laughs) So when we do that, we'll end up in an interactive mode where it is showing us the, f- the changes and it's asking us whether we want to say yes, no, and a whole bunch of other choices. And, and we want to def- say no, right? Because we, this doesn't let us choose. Uh, almost correct, but not quite. This is showing us all of the changes as one... This, sorry, this is showing us all of the edits as one hunk. And right. we want to split that hunk into smaller pieces. So the, the letter we want is S for split. Oh. Oh, okay. And then we hit enter. And then it and will... that was one of the choices. Y-N-Q-A-D-S or E. Yeah. That's... S is split. Okay. S is split. So we hit S and then it will rethink it and it will give us smaller choices. And so uh, going by memory here, the first choice that's going to offer us is the one we don't want. So we hit N, enter to skip over the first edit. And then the second edit is the one we do want. So we hit Y, enter to accept that one. Okay, so that staged it, but we didn't, we don't do the commit message yet. That's just staging it. So far it is just staged. So if you do a git status, you'll see that it's now sitting in staging. Right. Um. We can also now, before we actually commit it, we can play around with a bit more with git diff. 
So now if we get diff index.html, we should only see one edit remaining. That is not um that has not been staged. And if we want to see right. what's in staging. Okay. So do you, do you agree if you do a git diff index.html, you now just see the one edit, which is the... Right, you see the 104 to 105 edit, but you don't... So, so git status doesn't... The thing that's been staged is not part of the diff anymore. Not by default. Um, okay. So git's default behavior is to show us what is... What unstaged changes are in our working copy? Right, okay. So what have we done that we haven't staged yet? Or committed. So basically, what have we done that we haven't done anything with? If we want to see how our staged version compares to what is the last commit, we give it the minus minus cached flag. And that will show us the other edit, which is the typo we just fixed. It's cached index.html. Okay. So that's showing us the other edit. So the, 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 the link being fixed. Okay. So cached is the same as staged. Correct. Wow, there's a lot of lingo in, to remember. There is. Git is written by Linus Torvalds. It does, <laughs> it does jargon. It does jargon a lot. Okay. And it uses English words, but gives them whole new meanings just to throw you <laughs> off. It's a very computer science-y approach. So that's just a bit of revision on how Git diff works. And we've got to play around a bit with staging pieces of a file. So let's actually go ahead and commit that fix. So git space commit space minus m space fixed markdown link in HTML file. Enter. And the minus m means again? Message. In other okay. words, the message to go in the commit will be fixed markdown link in HTML file. So when we do okay. our git log, that's what it'll say. Uh, one file change, one insertion, one deletion. So then, now let's do a commit for the other changes we've made. So we want to git add readme.md and index.html. So we just pass them both at the same time. You could do that as two lines, but I'm lazy. Uh, was there a change to readme? Yes, I fixed 104 to 105. So if you remember when we did our first git diff with no oh, arguments. They both, they both had. Yeah. So we're going to do them. We're going to do them together. Okay. Yes, because they're part of the one logical change, even though they're in two files. Gotcha. So git commit minus m updated PBS installment number two one hundred five in all files. So oh. I noticed, um, and I've been noticing this in a lot of stuff we do. Uh, you used single quotes in the first commit message and used double quotes in the second. So that must mean it doesn't matter which you use. Yes and no. I'm going to have to be more careful to be more consistent. My general practice is to always use single quotes unless there's a reason to use double quotes, and I slipped up. Um, okay, but it, in this case, it doesn't matter? In this case, it doesn't matter because we're not using any shell variables. If we were in taming the terminal, I would be kicking myself. Okay. But we're not in taming the terminal, so I'm going to gloss over it and say, for our purposes probably for the entirety of PBS, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Um, Does that mean Bart is going to fix this before the listeners get to it? Before they see it? Not since we've mentioned it. Okay. But people may read without listening, but... Uh... Well, okay, but if you're Googling around, you're going to see single and double quotes all over the internet as well. Okay. But a good practice is to stick with single quotes? Oh, No. My no. practice is to stick with single quotes. I will not start the ultimate terminal nerd flame war by expressing oh, no. my opinion as fact. Oh, no. So this is like indent versus or tabs versus spaces? Or more, okay. uh, perhaps up there with, do you open the curly bracket on the same line as the if or on the line below the if? Ooh, if you want to start ooh. a fight in a bar between programmers, okay. <laughs> You know, which indentation style do you like? K-or or K-n? Or actually, the other one, four spaces or a tab. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> well, I kind of like single quotes, so I'm going to do single quotes. I find it safer. We should do, actually, we, should, we, we will come back to it in Taming the Terminal because I've become quite keen. Some stuff I want to do in Taming the Terminal that, where that becomes relevant. But we're teasing people now. Okay, so right now it doesn't matter. Right now it doesn't matter. Okay. So we've now fixed our stuff. Um, so let us 
now start to see what else git diff can do. It doesn't have to compare the working copy to staging or the working copy to the last commit. We can compare the working copy to any point in time. We can actually say mm. compare index.html now to how it was way back at the start of this project or halfway through this project or we can compare it to any arbitrary commit. And the way we do that is first we have to know what the commit's quote-unquote name is, and the commit's name is its hash. So if we run oh, the right. git log command again with the minus minus no pager, you will see that every commit has a big dirty hash. It says commit, big dirty hash, author, date, and then the description. Commit, right. big dirty hash, author, date, and then the description. So let us first compare the current version of the readme file to the very, very first commit, which is, hmm. so the hash for which ends in 1896. So we simply say git space minus minus no minus pager, because I don't like the pager, space diff. And this time, the first argument we give it is not the file we want to diff, but rather what we want to diff against, which is this giant big hash. So we say diff giant big hash space readme.md. So it's that, this is going to assume uh, that we mean the, the most recent one. Uh, yes, it is. So we're, okay. we're giving it one hash, which means we are comparing the current one in the, the current one in, the, we're comparing the working copy, right? So if okay. we have made edits, those edits will be in the comparison. We're not comparing the last commit, we're comparing the current working copy. Okay. So, but I mean, if you wanted to compare two of them, you'd have to be giving it both hashes. Yeah, you're jumping ahead here. That's literally okay. the thing we're about to do in one example. From okay, well, but, I'm, but I'm trying to get it in my head. It's going to, if I only give it one argument, it's got to assume that I mean the current working copy versus this commit. Correct. Correct, okay. correct, correct. Perfect. Yes, that is exactly okay, what Okay, so do. the one at the bottom of the list is the original? Is yes, because the, the they're in reverse chronological first. order. Okay. All right. And that hmm. will show every change since the start of this very boring and completely arbitrary project. Ooh, what is all this glop? Holy cannoli. I've got like a million lines of glop. Width equals four. View box cpath fill equals you i mean like left hundreds of the, lines okay yes you left out the readme.md at the end of the command didn't you which meant you've asked it for the diff of every single file in the project including um yep sure did yeah including all of bootstrap so what you've seen there is bootstrap all of bootstrap just went by okay i thought this was a little excessive um <laughs> uh it word wrapped readme.md onto the next line the way i've got the show notes uh <laughs> the width i have the show notes too so i didn't notice it there we go now i see it in one line make the notes wide when you look at this one <laughs> i think it helps when i screw up though that's part of the value i add so it is know, actually to you know, learn honest, something yeah. right exactly <laughs> so i mean I, I haven't done a lot but nonetheless you can see the evolution of the file over time. Okay. Now, it as seems you, to be just the last two changes. Uh, well, no, this is everything that has changed since the very start of the project and the current working copy. And there's apparently only, I see 104 to 105, and that's it. Uh, okay, no, you have a minus and a plus, followed by a minus and a plus, followed by some pluses. So minus to plus is oh, a change. There it is. A minus oh, to yeah, plus there... is a change, and then there's an addition. So gotcha. three changes. Gotcha. It was it, since it makes it faint. I was ignoring it. I was looking at the bright, the bright ones, and yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Again, I mean, it's an entirely arbitrary project, so it's not exactly exciting. But the point being, sure. we can compare to any commit. And right. as you were previously asking, what if I don't want to compare the working copy? What if I want to compare two arbitrary points in history? Well, you just pass two hashes. So if we want to see the difference between the second commit and the second from last commit, which is utterly arbitrary, um, we simply say git space minus minus no pager space diff, the first icky hash, which ends in EE59, space the second hash, which ends in A6B8, index.html. And that will show me the changes to that file between those two commits. 
So I copied from the show notes and it told me I was not giving it what it needed. So let me try doing something? it. From... Sorry? Was there a word wrap in place, I wonder? Maybe. So the the two I'm trying to do is the last one and the second to last one? Uh, no, the second to last one and the second from the top. So basically one in from each end of the list. Okay, my one in from the end of the list ends in 143. No, the beginning of the list. And you've got different hashes than I see. Uh, see? Okay, one for, was, no, no, okay, you mustn't have had the page run because 143 is one, two, is four away from the bottom at least. Okay, hang on. <sighs> Sorry, no pager uh, log, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so one end should end in 59, that's correct. And the other one should end in... A6B8? No, A6B. A6B8. Don't think. Do you do the last commit as well that was in the show notes? Updated PBS installment number 105 to 105 in all files. If that hasn't been committed yet, then you'd be um, out by one. Now I don't remember. Uh, I've been well, get doing status. every command as you said. Git status will uh-huh. tell you. On branch main, nothing to commit. Working okay. tree clean. Okay, well, in that case, your last commit really should be. Uh, so the very, very last one should be E7F, and then the one before that is A6B8. Let me find where I, you know what, let me get a bunch of line feeds in here so I can see now, what if I you, did. Sorry, if you typed your description with different capitalization to me, if you didn't copy and paste it, your hash I would be different. I did type it with different capitalization. Then your that hashes exactly would be different. Okay, I got bored with capitalizing every letter. Okay, so... That explains it. Well, that's interesting too, right? It is actually. Um, okay. Proves so something take... we were having in a side conversation with listener Jill. The commit messages are definitely part of the hash because your commit message, the only difference between your commit and my commit was the message because the files were the same and you got a different mm. hash. Yeah. Well, look at that. So QED what Jill told us. Yeah. I'm not so... surprised, but anyway, QED. <laughs> So what Jill was talking to us about was that uh, it's very difficult to edit uh, commit messages. You can, but you can only edit the one previous or the one you just did. You can't once it's and it's also dangerous to do that because you're actually changing the hash. Yeah. So basically you need to do it very carefully before anything depends on it, because once it becomes part of a chain, you can't edit it anymore. And if you think of it, each commit has a parent and a child, a parent and a child. So as soon as you make the next commit, then the one that you wanted to edit has now become a part of the chain and you can't mess with it anymore. So you've got to do it quickly. If you see your typo quickly, it's an easy fix. Right, right. All right, so I have now successfully found my changes. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of them, actually, uh, because between those two versions, I added all of the Hello World examples. Right. Hey, I'm noticing, um, like we've talked about the highlighting that the red is the stuff that disappeared and the green is the stuff that showed up and you've got mm-hmm. pluses and minus next to things. But I see a red square next to include sddio.h. Uh, and I noticed that earlier. That m- It's above print hello world. Uh, that may it's just like- be some false syntax highlighting going on uh, because okay. of the symbols involved. Shouldn't be there. Okay. That doesn't mean anything. Okay, so we were able to compare two different uh, two different hashes of two different commits and see what was going on between those two. Exactly. So with the git diff command, we really can see the changes between arbitrary points in time. So that's like a little sort of keyhole view of the past, right? We're, we're seeing very specifically just the changes. That's not the same thing as, oh, just show me how it looked, right? If you're mm-hmm. writing a web page, you don't want to see what's changed. You just want to see how the web page looked, right? That, that right. is a different problem to be solved. So we are going to solve that problem with a different command, the git archive command. So git archive whether you know it or not, you've probably used it regularly because every time you go onto GitHub and you click the button to download a zip file of a repository, 
you're actually downloading an archive. So an archive is the files and folders that make up a single commit as a single file. So there's no history, right? There's no back in time. An archive is a snapshot of a specific point in history. Oh, okay. So you may have known at some point that in our many, many times of flailing around with Git over the years that I asked you, did you clone it or did you download the zip file? And the reason I asked that question was if you cloned it, you got the full history. And if you downloaded the zip file, you got only the files of that specific commit. Okay. So if you... okay, right, right, right. So if you want only the files, right? If you want to share, hey, amazing how much my website has changed in the last five years. Look how it looked in January, whatever a year ago is or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, you actually want to give them the files from that commit and only the files from that commit. You don't want to give them a whole bunch of .git files. You don't want to give them a whole history. You you just want to give them the files as they were then. So that's well, I what... can see wanting to do this too for, um, there's times where like I, I am still playing with my clocks. Mm-hmm. I will probably play for, with my clocks for the rest of my life, I think at this stage, Good. but I'm still playing with them. And then I find like, oh, what did, what was the behavior when I was at that stage? And luckily I happen to have copies flung all over the place. Like I've got one sitting on, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it called? Anyway, different sites where I happen to put it up so I could show it to somebody. So luckily I can go back and look at it. But with this, I could actually create that myself. Correct. You can just... Like at my 1.0 version, I could say, I want to see what that looked like. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what the command is for. It's for taking a specific commit, so a specific point in time, and pulling out the files as they were then, and just the files. You're not getting the history. But if I but if I was trying to see, um, okay, I've completely boogered this up. It's not working at all. But in my previous commit, it was working. I could do the git diff and see what, what I had changed and go, oh, that's the part I did. Correct. So depending on the problem to be solved, you'll reach for a different tool. Yeah. They're both okay. extremely valuable, but they do very different things. Right. So the first thing is, so this command will create a single file that contains all of the content of that commit. And it can actually do it in many formats, but it defaults to good old-fashioned zip, which is a very sensible default. Mm -hmm. Depending on your operating system, you have different choices. So to see what your choices are, it's git space archive space minus minus list. Here in Macintosh world, we get tar, tgz, tar.gz, and zip. As our choices to choose between. If we don't want to use zip, we have to use minus minus format space and then the name from that list. So if I wanted tar files, I'd say minus minus format space tar. Okay. Um, most of the defaults used by Git archive make intuitive sense, right? So it defaults to a zip file, which is, of all of those choices, that seems a sensible one to me. It mm-hmm. defaults to including all of the files and folders in a specific commit. Seems like a decent choice to me. Um, but the one default that will catch you out, or is very likely to catch you out, is the fact that it defaults to writing the data to standard out. So if you just run the command without giving it enough extra arguments, it will splat the zip data out to your terminal as a whole bunch of weird characters. So the key to have that not happen is the minus minus output flag, which allows you to specify a file name. So we will be making use of that. So to get started, let us simply output. Okay, the the final thing is you have to tell it what you want to archive. And that can either be, if you want to archive the latest version on a specific branch, you give it the branch name. And if you want to archive a specific point in time, you give it the hash. So a lot of the time, what you will want is the current version of my project, right? This is how things look now. And so you just, the easiest way to do that, given that we've named our main branch main, we would say git space archive space minus minus output dot dot slash pbs105a dot latest dot zip space. So dot latest dot zip is not, you're not just naming it? I am just naming it, right? Oh, you are just naming it. Okay, yeah. because we haven't told it which one. It's going to assume the latest, and you've no, no. chosen that. No, as no, no, you've cut me off right before the magic word Sorry. main. So main oh, okay. is what we want, right? So git archive 
send it to this file, and here's what we want. Main. And Okay, so what we want is main, but when you said pbs1058.latest.zip, that is simply your naming convention. That isn't how you told Git to give me the latest one. Correct. So that's the, that is minus minus output space, our name of our choice. Okay. I just, I thought latest was magic, that it was causing it no. to be the latest. No, no, one. that's me being but, descriptive. Okay. So the fact that uh, I gave it the name of a branch means the last commit on that branch. So the name of a branch is a shortcut for the last commit on the branch. Okay. So the, the end of the branch. And that is, to be honest, what you're going to be doing 99.9% .9 of the time is, I just wonder what it is now so I can send it to my mammy to have a look at and tell me how great I am. <laughs> Right, so that will have created a uh, zip file in the parent folder. Dot dot slash means the parent folder. So mm -hmm. you can pop that open in the finder, and you can expand that to zip file, and you will see that it contains our files. And you can open it up in a browser, and yup, it says PBS one hundred five. So it's the latest version of everything. But we don't have to give it a branch name. We can also give it the hash of any commit we like. So let's have a look at the point in time where we had fixed the typo, but we hadn't yet bumped the version number. And the commit for that, in my case, ends in A6B8. I think that's the one you gave a different name to, so you're going to have to go back through your git log to see what hash you have. And which, uh, sorry, I was... So the comment on the correct hash is fixed markdown link in HTML file. Yes. And, and the, that's underneath the commit message. Yes, no. I mean, the words are underneath the commit message, the commit number. Yes. Yes. Sorry. The, the description so is commit, the last the hash. thing. Okay, and the last thing is the description. Yes. Okay, so what do we, how, what do we, how do we use this now? Okay, so this time we're going to say git space archive space minus minus output. I'm giving it a different name. PBS105A dot before installment bump dot zip. Very creative of me. Space, and then the hash. So in my case, that ends in A6B8, but your hash is different. Yes. Okay. And we hit enter, and that'll make another zip file in our parent folder. And again, if you extract it in the finder and have a look, you will see that now, when you open either file, it will say 104. But if you open the HTML file, the link is still fixed. So that is indeed the point in time we arrived at. Huh, look at that. I think I understand this. Excellent. The last thing we can do is after we say what we want to archive, like as in main or a hash, we can also specify specific files and folders. And if you do that, what that means is, so the default behavior is archive everything, but you can actually just pick a few things to put into your archive. Hmm. And so you just specify those things by adding them after, whether it's the branch or the commit. So if we want to have our project without that contrib folder, which just contains a copy of Bootstrap you could get from anywhere, if we just want our stuff, we could say git space archive space minus minus output dot dot slash pbs105a dot without contrib dot zip space main space index.html space readme.md. That will make a new zip file, and when you extract that one, it will only contain index.html and readme.md. So you just list out all the ones you want. Correct. So the default behavior is everything, and once you start listing, that means only these. Okay. But you are telling it the branch first. You have to, yes, because otherwise it doesn't know what it's archiving, right? How come it didn't? How come you didn't have to do that on the last one? I did. We used a hash instead of a branch because we wanted a oh. specific point. We didn't want the end of the branch. We wanted something. Ha the branch name is okay. a shortcut to save you figuring out the hash of the last thing on the branch. Uh, I okay. I think of the branch as everything that's on that path, but it isn't. Correct. The, uh, main main is really where it is right now on that yes. branch. Yes, yes, ah. yes, yes. And that's how it's going to work in all the git commands. The name of a branch is a synonym for the latest commit on this branch. Okay. Okay. I may be confused by that again. I reserve the right to ask that exact same question at a Good. later date. 
and I hope you do because it will give me the opportunity to help everyone. <laughs> okay. So if I've learned nothing from this series, it's figuring out ahead of time what I'm going to forget. <laughs> that's a really good skill in life. <laughs> the second part to go with it is knowing where the docks are. I know what I'm going to forget, so I know where the docks are. And then I can go look it up again. Right, my, Ever- right. my, my Evernote is full of notes named something space cheat sheet. MySQL <laughs> cheat sheet. jQuery cheat sheet and it's full of the things I know I'll forget and in MySQL there is a diagram showing the difference between a left join a right join an inner join and an outer join because I never ever ever remember them and so I go to every time I'm writing SQL I have to open up that Evernote go to that diagram and then I go oh yeah it's an inner join I want today it's usually an inner join Um, and away we go anyway we are now ready to do the scary thing we're going time travelling We're going to take not an archive of a point in time, not a diff to a point in time. We're going to take our entire working copy through time. In other words, we're going to say, take some arbitrary point in the past and make it my working copy. So that brings it right into the repository for us to explore using our favorite code editor, etc., etc. And no extracting zip files. We just our working copy becomes some arbitrary point in time. Is this going to destroy where main is right now? Because main's going to move? No, because remember, the working copy is separate from the permanent storage, which is the index. Nothing you do in the working copy ever destroys the index. Okay, unless you were to to commit it. No, that doesn't well, destroy doesn't the really index. That amend, yeah. that appends to the index, but it doesn't destroy the index. Nothing destroys okay. the index apart from like vandalism. You would need to go out of your way to destroy the index. You would have to break the repository. Okay. Uh, a bit like the blockchain, the past is set in stone. The, the index, <laughs> the, the past stays there. Um, so it's the working copy we're going to move through time. How and ever, as soon as we do that, Git is going to start getting cranky. Well, not cranky. It's going to start telling us that something is going on, something important. It is going to tell us that we are in a detached head state, which I just like to imagine as a headless Git repository. It does sound a bit gruesome, doesn't it? We'll explain what that means when we're finished actually traveling through time. But for today, we're going to travel through time safely, despite detaching our head, if we keep to two rules. Before you close the door on your DeLorean and get to 88 miles an hour, make sure that your working directory is clean by committing all of your changes. Do not time travel with uncommitted changes. That will go badly. The second thing to understand is that you shouldn't mess with the past or your parents will disappear from a photograph. (laughs) Today, now next week, is going to be all about making changes from the past and bringing them back to the future. But for today, we are going on a looking-only tour of the past. We are not going to make our parents fall in love or accidentally get our parents to fall in love with ourselves, and that's so messed up when you think about it, but it's still a fun movie. Um, So today our two rules are always commit before you time travel, and until we understand either branching or staging, which is what we stashing, which is what we'll be doing next time, do not edit anything in the past. Right? Next okay. time we get to edit stuff in the past, because we're going to learn about branching and stashing. But we're not ready yet. So for today, clean up before you leave, and when you're time traveling, touch nothing. Look but don't touch. Look but don't touch. Okay. The other thing I'm going to tell you is if you fail to follow my instructions, there is an emergency escape hatch to reattach Hmm. our head. Git space checkout space minus minus force space main. Hmm. That is the command that says, take me back to the current and destroy my changes. Just just get me home. Okay. So if you accidentally make a mess in the past, git checkout minus minus force me. So now that we know the rules of time travel, and we also know that if we break the rules, we can get out of our mess with the git checkout minus minus force main command, we're good to go. Okay. 
So I just they, did a git space status to make sure I was clean. Excellent. And you were. So the command for moving, the command that controls what is in your working copy is checkout. So git checkout takes something and puts it into the working copy. So it checks it out of the index, which is your permanent history of everything, and puts it into the working copy. So we're going to meet the checkout command many, 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 many times throughout this series. For today, we're going to use the checkout command to bring any arbitrary commit into the working copy by simply passing the checkout command the hash for the commit we want. So let's just make this easy on ourselves and go back to the very, very, very start of the project, the furthest time travel possible. Git space checkout space and then the hash for the very first commit, which is the one ending in 1896. So you will immediately say, notice that Git tells you, I am checking out this hash. You are in detached head state. It's like telling you, you have just cut your head off. But it's fine. I have seen that before and I always just run away going, I'm pretty sure I don't want to do that. Well, it's not a bad thing to be afraid of because most of the time you won't end up here because of what we're going to learn next time. But for today, we're only looking, so this is perfectly safe. Uh, So the checkout command has immediately told us we've detached our head. Um, We can also tell that if we do a git status now. It tells us head detached at, and it tells us the short version of the hash. Oh. So. Hang on, our, it says at F072, and that's not, we were at 1896. Yeah, th- there are two hashes for every commit. There's a big, long, evil one, and there's a shorter one. Um, and the git status command chooses to show us the shorter one. Huh. Okay. We're, nothing to commit working tree clean. So head detached potentially problematic, but as long as that's immediately followed by nothing to commit, you're fine. We're perfectly safe as long as we don't edit the past. Then our working tree will not be clean, and then we have a problem we don't know how to solve yet. Uh, We can move around again. So let's go have a look at the point in time when we switch to Bootstrap. Git space, checkout space, and then we can pop in the, the hash for the commit where we introduce Bootstrap into the equation. So that ends in B9F. And again, it says head is now at, and it tells us the description of that checkout moved from plain HTML to Bootstrap. Now, let's purposely break the rules. Since I've told you that it'll go horribly wrong if we break the rules, yay, let's make some horrible wrong. Let's edit mark uh, readme.md by just adding an extra line to the end of it. Uh, and we do that with. The easiest way, you can use your favorite text editor, but you can just copy and paste this terminal command and it will add the line, did I accidentally make an edit, oopsie, to the end of readme.md. So echo, did I accidentally make it, arrow, arrow, readme.md. We can see what we've done with a git status. Head detached. Changes not staged. Modified readme.md. Oopsie daisies. Hang on, I, I'm I'm afraid you're gonna have to help me catch up. I was trying to just copy your um, uh, hash, and it kept copying the entire line, so I had to do a whole lot of editing. I don't know why it's doing that, but so I am stuck back at I just uh, just checked out the right one, okay. and you're saying we're gonna so just this this line this echo did I accidentally make an oopsie? Yes. So copy and paste in. that guy. That will okay. append that line of text to the end of readme.md. Okay. Uh, and so now when we do a git status, you should see that we have a detached head and we have changes. Uh-oh. Uh, we can't commit anything because uh, we have a detached head. And if we try to go home, if you try to run back home to the present by saying git checkout main, it tells us no. No, you've made a change here in the past. And you've not committed it, but you can't commit it because you have a detached head. So you're kind of stuck, aren't you? Well, this is where the estate patch comes in. Git space checkout space minus minus force space main. Boom. We're home. 
88 miles an hour, lightning strike of the tower, we're all good. <laughs> so if it do get status, I ought to be again working clean, uh, tree clean, nothing to commit. Also on Branch Main. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. home. Because remember, the that... branch is the shortcut for the last commit on Main. So we're right, right, right. We're right. right back in the present. Huh. So we have traveled through time. We've had a look around. We made a change to the past, but we got away with it because we had an escape hatch. <laughs> Let me guess. You've needed to use this before. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Detached heads happen. You need to reattach them. And that is the easiest way to do it. Um, what are we talking about with the detached head? Let's, let's explain that before we wrap up for the day. So in a Git repository, the working copy is the files and folders from some commit, and there may or may not be some edits to those files from that some commit, right? Depending on whether you've made some changes or not. Uh, so that gives us a sense of place, right? The working copy is in a place. And you, git status gives you this sense of place. It says you are on branch main, right? So that is, a, where am I? And I've tried to use that kind of phraseology too when we introduce git status. It tells you where you are. Well, what does it mean to be somewhere? What does it mean to have a current commit? What it really means is that there's a special variable called a reference maintained by git called HEAD in all capitals. So H-E-A-D. And HEAD is always pointing at a commit. It's a reference to a specific commit. So HEAD is where we are. HEAD is where we are. Okay. So normally, HEAD is at the end of a branch, right? So the, the most recent commit on a branch is called the branch's HEAD. Not all oh. capitals HED, this is called the branch's head, right? That's the, fr- that's the phrasing for the top of the branch, is the head of the branch. Okay. And so normally when we're working away, head in all caps is pointing to the head of a branch and git status describes that to us by saying we are on branch whatever. So when git status says we are on branch main, what it really means is that head in all caps is pointing at the commit at the head of the branch main. Okay. Now, what's important about heads? A branch in Git is like a branch on a tree. New growth is always at the end, right? If you have a, br- a tree growing in your garden, it, the fresh growth isn't in the middle of the branch. It's at the end of the branch. Okay. New commits always go on the end of a branch in Git, right? That's how it moves forward through time. Leaving aside how we make new branches, that's next week. When we're on a branch, the commits go on the end. The commits go to the currently checked out branch. So when we are in a detached head, it means we can't commit because we are not at the end. We We are not at the head of the branch, which means we can't make new stuff Because branches don't grow in the middle, they grow on the end. Hmm. So when you're in a detached head, it just means that you are currently, your working copy is not at the end of a branch, so you can't commit. That's all a detached head is. It's a terrible phraseology. At no point in time, if I (laughs) say to a random person on the street, I have a detached head, do they think, oh, you can't commit changes? They think, oh, (laughs) is there ointment for that? Have you been near the French Revolution? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because in reality, it's like you're in the you're you're stuck in the middle of a branch and you can't do anything. And I guess it's meaning, well, actually, if you think about it, if you're if you're partway up a branch, that means it's sort of like you've severed it right there, and you're and you you've pulled apart the branch and you're playing around there in this in this uh, this severed area that you need to reattach and get to the end of it again in order to make changes. You can think of it like that if it helps. I just find it a really weird phraseology, and I'm sure it made sense to Linus, but I'll be darned if it makes sense to me. The point being, in Git jargon, when head, in all caps, is not pointing at the head of a branch, then we are in a detached head state. 
I can't make any commits. Got it. That actually helped going through that. I think I can see it. Excellent. The other thing you may or may not notice is some Git GUIs don't abstract the concept of head in all caps from you. Right, a git status doesn't explicitly say the head label is pointed at the commit with the hash blah. It just says on branch main, right? So it has told you a nicer version of where head is. So, so on branch main is a nice friendly description of where head really is. So I would say that the git status command abstracts the deep underlying thing that is the head pointer. Hmm. Some Most Git GUIs do the same by bolding a specific branch in the GUI. But some Git GUIs actually show you where you are by having an arrow with the word head written on it, pointing hmm. somewhere on the timeline. So if you see a Git GUI with the word head in all caps, that is its way of showing you where you are. Okay. Now, source tree doesn't do that. Source tree bowls the current branch. Right. And git kraken bowls it and puts a tick mark next to it. Which I kind of like because I'm dumb. So I like the fact that it shouts at me twice with the tick mark and by making it bold. <laughs> so I'm looking at uh, master has to uh, check if that that's what you mean by tick mark. Uh, I have no idea what you're looking at, but that is what I'm... I'm- I'm looking at Git Kraken on a, a, a different repo. I was just going to say, there ain't no master in here. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so if you're on Git Kraken on a different repo, then if you have master checked out, then master will be in bolder text and have the little tick next to it or check yeah, mark or does, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't look like it's bold. That's all I was saying. I see it with a check. No, oh, okay. Well, it's highlighted. It's uh, It certainly always catches my eye, whereas I, I find source tree a little bit less eye-catching because it's just bolded, but that, hmm. that comes out to yeah. habit, right? Whatever you're used to seeing, you'll become, you know, your, your eye will catch it. i used to it, yeah. Yeah. I am excited to see that the commit message I'm looking at here is the one I did using the git command line to edit my most recent commit message when we were chatting with Jill. So I, I've I found out the command line to uh, am- it's, uh, amend a commit is what you do to change it. And mine now says, boo! And then it says the real commit message. (laughs) Brilliant. I love it. So, you know, that is, I think, you know, pretty good installment today. So we've basically learned to travel through time and look. So the next scary step, which is what we'll do next time, is basically go back in time and either... Take one specific change and bring it with us to the future we came from. So we'll go back to the future with a specific change. So we go back in time because we want to take something from the past and we bring it with us to the present. Mm. Is one thing we can do. And the mechanism for doing that is something called stashing. Or we can bifurcate the timeline. Uh-oh. And go back to the past and start a different future, which is called branching. So we go back to a previous point in our current branch. And we say, using this as a starting point, go in a whole new direction. And so it's like a tree sprouting a new branch. Okay, so, so we, we, get a, we get a new head then. Correct. We now have two branches, so we have two heads in lowercase. And that's lowercase head. And at any point in time, our working copy is going to be on either of those branches. So HEAD, in all caps, will be pointing at the head of one branch or the other branch. We have to or shout be one detached. of them. Yeah. Wow. So Okay. You can I, see I'm glad we're going to look this. at this because I, I got into a mess with this. Uh, and, and we ended up, your, your advice was, Allison, just abandon all of your history and, and start a new repo because I'd gotten it all messed up. Yes, and the reason I have built up so carefully to getting to the point of making branches is precisely because unless you really understand what it is you're doing, it will go wrong. And even when you do understand what you're doing, it'll still go wrong. I mean, I I may, I almost made a complete total mess of a work repository yesterday but luckily I was able to back out of my mess just in time like, oh I'm running on a wall I should probably stop that was the wrong command 
I was uh, disappointed that I had to start my repo over, but you said, Allison, I've had to do it before. I was like, all right. <laughs> Bart's I've done, done it many before. times. I've done it many times. I'm getting better at avoiding it. Uh, it's been a while since I've done it, but trust me, I've done it many times. Um, okay. Sometimes cleaning up is harder than starting over. <laughs> right, right. Well, this was cool. I had fun with this. This is uh, I, I like getting these fundamentals down again. Well, good. I, I'm saying I I said that before. I mean, uh, just getting to understand the fundamentals, I think, will help me not screw up when I'm using a GUI. Yes, and it also means that when we get to the complex topics, they are more likely to sink in more quickly. Okay. And as I say, the the rubber seriously meets the road next time. Prepare yourself, because stashing and branching is getting serious. Okay. So we'll start to have real control and be time-traveling like a master. It'll be great. Anyway, (laughs) until then, I'm going to wish you happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.